Greetings, poddies, and welcome to my very new podcast, My Life Not Yours. I'm Tina, and I hope you'll enjoy listening to a bit of banter about my life lessons I've learned along the way. Enjoy. Welcome to my Easter Ten Commandments. Now, let me just get something clear. I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, and there are the Ten Commandments, which were laid out by Moses, apparently, And I'm not going to follow those because I'm not a Christian. Well, I was christened, but I'm not a practicing Christian. I don't go to church. In fact, I don't want to be anywhere in a building that I have to pay homage to anything. But that's just me. I'm not going to disrespect anybody that's doing their thing. So these are going to be the Easter Ten Commandments according to Tina Jean. But let's just first start saying that This Easter is probably going to be quite monumentous for a lot of people in the UK. We're leading up to our country opening up again from being in lockdown. And I think this is going to be quite a big bank holiday where households can meet outside. Let me tell you something. The weather is not good. The forecast isn't great. So God knows if people are going to be sitting in the garden with their fleece on. Not my idea of fun. However... I think it will be just nice for families to reconnect, family, friends, whoever, to come together again. Today, though, as I'm recording some of this, the sun is shining, which is really nice. And we all need a little bit of sunshine in our life. But amidst all of the celebrations, some people have been really leading up to Easter. The Christians do Lent. Is it 40 days and 40 nights where you abstain from something? For me, hell no. Been there, done that for dry January. I did most of the month without alcohol. I'm not an alcoholic, but I have been enjoying a little bit too much. So it's the first time I ever did dry January. And I used to tick it off in my phone's diary and, and I used to just put dry, dry, dry. And it felt quite good. And then I must have spoken to somebody who was going to a funeral four days out before dry January and they said they were going to have a glass of Prosecco to raise a glass. It was the only excuse I needed. I said, oh, well, I'll raise a glass for them too in my house. I went out and bought a bottle of Prosecco and rose a glass to someone I don't even know. Oh my God. But I'm not an alcoholic, I'm just saying. I feel a little bit like Bridget Jones at the moment. No more messages, not even from your mother. Smoke 20 fags, although I don't smoke. Have a glass of wine and run around in big knickers in the house and watch movies on your own. That's how I feel today. But on a positive note, dry January, back to 40 days and 40 nights. I'm making that kind of association. I don't want to abstain from anything. You should have the willpower to do it at any time of the year. And if you're not a Christian or not religious, why do people use it as a time to say, well, I'm going to give up chocolate or I'm going to give up food or I'm going to give up sex? The latter, I don't think many people do, unless they're not having it at all. But why do we always do this? And it's, I guess it's 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 an excuse to forgive oneself by abstaining from whatever, who are of no faith. And a lot of people are bloody atheists, but proclaim Lent is the saviour to all glutinous sins. Glutinous, gluttonous maybe, sins. So there you go, I've said it. As a child, I remember Easter being a bit of a competition. When you were in some of these children's homes, it was how many eggs you were going to get given. 
And whether that's from either family or people that you've got visiting you or, you know, the Rotary Club used to donate eggs to us. Wow. And what would happen is in one particular place, it was called Enderley House in a beautiful little countryside village called Amberley. And when Easter Sunday came, you could see those that had a lot of family that would either visit them because they'd have loads of eggs. I remember one particular family called the Boones. The Boone family were three girls and three boys. John, Kevin and Mark, Brenda, Linda, and I can't forget the other one. Maybe there were four boys. And I I picture them as clear as mud to this day. And they used to have at least six eggs each. And they used to fight over these bloody eggs. It was actually quite a miracle that all these people were placed in the same home. And then you came to me. I didn't have too many. There were about three or so. But it was a massive competition to see who had the most eggs lined up in the front room. And then who was going to crack and eat all their eggs first. To be fair, there were so many bloody thieves in this place that your eggs would go missing or the inside of the eggs, which was what I liked, the sweeties. And it was quite disappointing sometimes to see that someone had been furrowing away at your egg. But yeah, my favourite egg, though, of all time is the Cabris cream egg. The humble little egg with that lush centre that I used to just lick out and be left with a chocolate. Those were my memories when I was younger of Easter and we used to have to go to church sometimes. We were made to go to church to give thanks or whatever we did, which I always used to fall asleep in. It was a really boring church. I mean, this place was beautiful looking on the inside, but it was freezing fucking cold and you had to sit there for nearly two to three hours listening to some guy go on and on about something or other. But my other fond memory Uh, was some of the festive programmes. They were classics that I loved, but I'm going to leave that until I get to my Ten Commandments because I'm going to call them out, but they were kind of special. Other than that, in my childhood, there was nothing else apart from when it got to Easter, it was a nice long break from school. And I think that's one of the things I really appreciated for a long time until it got to secondary school because when you got to the age of sort of 14 or 15... It meant horrible exam time, so therefore you're revising, and it really did stress me out. But we still look forward to having, you know, two weeks off, because aside from the summer period, and obviously this applies to the UK only, we didn't get another big holiday really until the August. What I wanted to think about is, if you're not of any faith, you might be atheist or you're just spiritual... Why do you celebrate Easter? Is it because you're getting time off work or going away? Is it your holiday time? Do you go away at this point? I'm really interested to know because it's funny that we also can't wait for the Easter break. And I know for me, it doesn't mean anything apart from having just a break from the norm because we get Good Friday is an official holiday and then we have the bank holiday Monday. So it always falls over a weekend because obviously you've got Easter Sunday. I do sometimes feel we're all a little bit two-faced, me included, ovary, bit like Christmas, we overdo the whole thing. The only big thing that I don't get is I don't get any Easter eggs anymore, which is quite sad. So as you grow older, those things disappear. So if anybody's listening out there and wants to, wants to donate a Cadbury's cream egg or two or three, please, please, I'd relish it with open arms, even though I haven't really got a massively sweet tooth. Moving on. 
looking at my Ten Commandments, some of which I've already mentioned, Easter eggs, the time that I really liked was in the homes that I lived and we got our Easter eggs and the bigger, the better. That being said, I love the Cadbury's cream egg. Number two, which is only something I've really come to pick up when I found my identity as a black person, food culture around Easter. And it was really interesting to me what my parents or my mum or our culture even did. So I'm of Caribbean culture. And when it comes to Easter, I never forget when I used to go to the athletics track and I'm mixing more now with black people and I'm hearing, yeah, we're going to get the spice bun and cheese. And I thought, what the hell is bun and cheese? All I could think is hot cross buns. But there is in the Caribbean, West Indian culture, bun and cheese, which is spiced bun, which is imagine like, I guess for English white culture, You've got this malt bread, which is kind of sticky, but this is drier, has a lot more taste. And then you put cheese in the middle of it. So it's like eating this malt bread with cheese in. So spice bun, fried fish. Obviously, there's uh, something to do with the little fishes in the um, Jesus story there. Fried fish. And I'm trying to think what else we have. Yeah, it's definitely the fried fish over Easter and the bun and cheese is is a massive one. And compare that to not really anything special in the English culture, apart from might be a roast dinner or stuff. This was massive for me. It was a steep learning curve because it never happened. And even though my blood mother and I have a kind of distance relationship and I'm a plant-based flexitarian person, I still like her fried fish. She's frying some fish for me. So I'm coming out of eating plants and I'm going to have some fried fish over the weekend, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for the food. (laughs) That's what I mean. I'm two faced because what am I celebrating having that at this time? I could be having that at any time. And actually, I shouldn't be eating fish because I'm, I'm reading some really hardcore or watching rather some hardcore documentaries about what happens to all these little fishes and and stuff like that. So I think I'm going to share it out. Number three, church. I think there's so much commercialism around this time that people forget what it's meant to be about. Proper pagan Christian kind of festival, which I don't partake in. I respect those that do want to do it. And again, with my mum goes to a Pentecostal seven day, no, sorry, Pentecostal church, And my late teen years living with her, I just remember every time it got to Easter or even Christmas, right, who's coming to church? (laughs) I always used to hide under the covers and pretend I didn't hear. I'd had so many kind of different experiences within the church. And I've also got my own opinions about church and, you know, how it hides stuff and and things like that. And I feel that there's some people, my mum included, that actually don't own their truth and hide behind the church because it's easy to do so. And I can't really get with that. And I don't know what I'm praying to or for, but I am spiritual and I do meditate and I do think there's something out there. But yeah, church, interesting one, massive time. I'll never forget once. It must have been in my early 20s where a group of us had all been out for a good old party because that happens over Easter doesn't it because it's bank holidays you can go out and we got back at some ridiculous o'clock time in the morning and uh, this is from going out on Saturday night and I'll never forget coming home 
And my mum just gave me a look. So as I turned the key, she was getting up, asking where I was coming from. And she was getting into her Sunday best. And it was Easter. Yeah, it wasn't a great day for me. But such is life. C'est la vie. Time to live. It's Easter. Number four, primary school. Oh, I loved it. I loved it around Easter, just before you broke up. And I went to quite a few primary schools. So this particular one was really cool that we had to make these nasty little Easter treats. You know, the ones where you're in the classroom, dirty fingers that have been up the nose, been to the toilet, all over, paint over them, you you, you name it. We've all rolled these really sweet, I don't know if they were marzipan, little eggs, put them in the little baskets because it was always a little play and made bunny rabbit cards. Seemed kind of cute at the time, but when I think about it now, we, we devoured these nasty little... <laughs> eggs that we'd made and then I think the best thing was you'd always try to give something to your favourite teacher at that time Uh, and I always did it just to get good grades to be honest with you no other reason but yeah I gave them a little something but not me but somebody would buy them for me but it was quite fun I have to say making Easter bunnies and stuff number six or are we on number five we might be on number five sorry secondary school I've alluded to this when you get to about the age of 14, Easter is a bloody nightmare because you are, I did O-levels, you have to start studying and it was just awful because you didn't get that break you wanted. You had to really use that time to get your head down. And at the particular time, I was living with a foster family in Stroud and um, <laughs> I always used to get told off for not concentrating. Why are you out of your room? How much have you done today? Revision. It was just relentless. And I just found it a little bit of a ball ache and it gave me night tremors. And I think the night tremors came from I'm really not an exam person because rather than go with the right answer, which it should be, I think there's got to be an alternative. So I keep going back over a question. I then put something else down and it all turns into a fucking mess, to be honest. And it did turn into a mess because I did do nine O levels. I got three <laughs> with my first hit, 15, 16. And it was religious education. Can you believe that? Something in the Bible must have stood out at me because I remembered every psalm, every chapter, and Jesus was there for me then, but has never been there for me since. Don't quite get that. But anyway, I've got an A for religious education. And then the other two, actually, I've got four. I'm lying. I got English literature, English language, and the really productive one, needlework. <laughs> so that's about all my brain could retain. So it was very spiritual that I was able to get my English and needlework. Of course, I did go on to retake quite a few of those again. And I realised, I think the learning for me is not everybody learns in the same way. I need to learn in bite size and I'm more of a vocational Um, learner and I like continuous assessment not with the exams I mean I remember sitting in my exams you know just after Easter and it was the most terrifying experience I've ever encountered you got your pencil sharpened I had about 10 of them thinking yeah she's so academic let me have 10 pencils because I'll be writing so much that I won't have any other pencil left that didn't happen I just stared at that paper when they say And your time starts, turn your paper over. The words or whatever was written on that first page just looked like a blur to me. And you can recall the teacher saying in class, 
Make sure that you read the questions at least twice. Make sure you understand what they're trying to say if it's multiple choice. Well, multiple choice gets me all the time because I just want to tick everything because everything could be worded slightly different or something. And it just used to get me. I can't express how much exams are the most terrifying thing for me. And I don't know where that fear has come from. But anyway, so Easter was a bit of a ball ache in my later years, of course. Number six, work. So when you get to an adult, you've left those tremors behind with exams. When you get into the adult world of work, it's great because you're lucky. If you're in the UK and employed by a company... Most companies will give you anything from 20 plus days off in the in the year. Sorry, Yanks, I couldn't work there where you only get a few days and a duvet day here and there in Thanksgiving. It's just like, oh my God, you work, you slog your guts out. So the UK is pretty good. But the big one is the most awaited, the spring getaway, which is Easter, because you get the bank holiday and the Good Friday. So a lot of people who've got children as well, because they've got the children out of school, then they also get to go away if they should want to. It's also a long break from work. I always remember it because um, once you've had Christmas, you've got quite a long time till you officially get another bank holiday, which is what drives us to keep going, I guess, with work. So for me now, though, having worked for myself since 2015, having Good Friday and bank holidays, non-work days is not great because you don't get paid for it. In fact, when you work for yourself, I don't get paid for any day that the world gives you off as a bank holiday. So I don't appreciate it as much anymore. Number seven is got to be TV. Now, I used to really enjoy picking up on some of the old biblical films. I know I'm sounding more two-faced as this episode is going, but I'm just being honest with you. So when I was younger, I don't really remember things we watched on TV because we were too young. We were playing and it's all about the Easter egg. It was chocolate, 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 chocolate. As you get older, one of my favourite things was watching some of the great films that came out. And my all time favourite was Jesus of Nazareth with Robert Palmer. He was the white dude with perfectly blue eyes, hung to a cross. And to be fair, the acting was brilliant. I think it's fantastic. Moses was also really good. I mean, the special effects they used in those times that those films were made was pretty phenomenal, seeing the Red Sea part. And I think that when I saw that movie the first time, Moses, it was good. And it was the Ten Commandments, by the way. When I went to Egypt, and I've been to Egypt about four times, seeing the Red Sea, it really held something for me. And I don't know if it's because of the movies I've been watching. What I don't like is the images of this so-called Jesus that we see everywhere and the colour of the skin and everything. I think it's all debatable, if I'm honest, but I'm not going to get into religion right now. But all I wanted to say is the biblical films, some of them were really fantastic from a production point of view. Number eight, hot cross buns. Oh my God, can you imagine it? You get a bun with a cross on it. How is that stuck in your face? I reckon if you asked a lot of people, what does that symbolise for you? They wouldn't have a clue apart from it's down the hatch with a cup of tea and it tastes bleeding nice. What I will say is the variation on the beloved hot cross bun is insane. I went into a shop the other day. They had the gluten-free one, pretty standard now. People are intolerant to gluten. But you had the apple and cinnamon one. You had the toffee apple and chocolate one. 
I just want a normal hot cross bun. I love it toasted. I don't put cheese in it because I've got my bun and cheese. Remember the West Indian culture? Bun and cheese, which is not a hot cross bun or the malt loaf. I just want my hot cross bun that I can pick the currants out of and just eat it toasted. Number nine, in the true Ten Commandments, the Christian Ten Commandments, it says, honour your mother and your father. Hmm, I struggle with that one. But I think I'm honouring everybody that knows me and I'm giving thanks for people that have been around me and helped make me who I am today. But if you do want to honour your mother and your father, shouldn't that really be extended to honour your family, good or bad, and give thanks? That's kind of all I will say on that one. And finally, number 10. Happy Easter, y'all. What can I say? Whatever we believe Easter should or shouldn't be, let's reflect on the last year that we've had. And if there's nothing else, then if you've reached Easter, that's a massive milestone. I did have something else planned for this day, but thought I'd make it a little bit seasonal and do this instead in the hope someone will send me an Easter egg. But yes, have a lovely day, whatever you're doing. Have a lovely weekend, whatever you're doing. And I'll be back next week for something a little deeper. Take care.